Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It is myself, Nile and Andrea Cleary here. Hi. Good morning. Um, it is a morning because we uh, were actually both at a gig last night. Were we not? Look how fresh we are. We, we were. <laughs> we were both at a gig last night. A really good gig. Yeah. In the Button Factory. We both went to see dry cleaning and everybody in Ireland was there. Um, <laughs> it's, I feel like we've been talking about this gig for so long. Like so long. I know. <laughs> I bought I know. physical tickets for it uh, probably in February or March last year, and I've moved house since. And I, it was the one thing when I moved house. I remember it was like I really have to keep these tickets safe. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, oh did no, you, not did the you one the thing, but like, as well. like yeah. yeah. Uh, it was great. It was so good to finally see them really live. Good. And uh, and uh, yeah. So what did you think about Florence Shaw and her strange kind of spoken word inflections? Did it work live? Did it feel feel the same? Um, mm. For me, it did. It, it was. It was actually. How would you describe her? Her. Uh, her presence. I think so. I, I'd kind of been reading a little bit about what they're like live beforehand, and the the thing that kept coming up about Florence Shaw was that she was this kind of like very stoic, staring into the middle distance and delivering the lines thing. So that's very much what I was expecting. But she was a lot funnier, I think, and a lot more kind of just outwardly charming or or she seemed quite charmed by the, by the crowd as well there was more personality in her in her performance than i kind of expected which was really yeah. nice i i would have been fine had she just stood there and, and stared into the middle distance because i think that's kind of her that's certainly her style and kind of music videos and stuff but there was a lot of energy on the stage like and it's it's interesting because sometimes when you listen to dry cleaning it can feel a little bit like the florence shaw show yeah. um even though the music is so good but seeing the band all together you're like mm. first of all where did these four like how did these four people decide to start a band together which is always great like you when you look at four people yeah. and you're like really these four you know they all look so different to each other they all look like they should be in completely different bands but they work so well because their energy they they're they're just so tight you know and you can tell that they love the songs and that they're not yeah. bored of playing the songs they're great musicians which is, which is great a great Brilliant drummer musicians. the drummer was, yeah <laughs> yeah drummer was really really good and he sounded great like fair play to the button factory like i did feel like it was inevitable but i did feel like her vocals were a little low in the mix but that's you know you can't really help that when it's a spoken word over yeah i thought know, it did quite well and i thought music. i could hear a lot of it bad. Mm. You know, I could hear a lot of it. Um, I lost you in the in the crowd uh, just before the gig, and um, I was standing behind um, John Francis Flynn. So if you could oh, spot well, him, oh well, fair play. <laughs> that's where I was. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I was looking at him, and I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. I know that guy from somewhere. And then, uh, then I realized who he was, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> standing behind a very tall man, you were very tall man. Yeah, yeah. And in well, front of another very tall man. So I got we funny enough. Um, I don't know who it was actually. I didn't get to chat to him, but uh, I, I got recognized uh, during the gig and then your friend who was with us got recognized as you. <laughs> he was like, is this My Andrea? I was like, no, Andrea's over there. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't know who it was who said that, whoever it was. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, no, I know. I know who <laughs> I would have been mixed up with. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that makes funny. sense to it me. It was funny. It was like, because <laughs> the guy was like, are you Niall? I was like, yeah. And then, and then he was like, and then turned to the person beside me and was like, are you Andrea? I was like, no, no. <laughs> it's not, it's not. But like, cool. It was I'm, also nice I'm to meet everybody on the Discord as well last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. More Discord pals out there, so. Yeah, I called play. everybody by their Discord name. I was like, oh. <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. Saw so many people. Wow. Like, literally everyone was there. It was yeah. bad. Um, I mean, it really makes you feel like you might miss uh, being around people sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I it? want to ask you actually, because, um, you know, you were a bit apprehensive about going to gigs uh, mm. a few weeks ago, even. And 
You've since been to two since we last spoke on I know. Here. So I think I think the way I've done it is good because I went to Alberetti last Friday, who was fantastic, um, and Maria Kelly, fantastic, um, supporting. May Kay came out for a song. It was great. Um, but it wasn't packed in the way that dry cleaning was packed. Um, I think if she sold out, she just about sold out, but it wasn't a it it, it, it wasn't full like dry cleaning was. Like yeah. we were we were kind of stood kind of a little bit to the right of the stage and we had loads of room around us like and it felt fine. So that felt like a kind of a practice run. And then dry cleaning, I, t- I just sort of walked into the room. We came in the back way. I walked into the room and I was like, okay, like I'm here. <laughs> what am I going to do? Am I going to leave? Um, so, but, but that was the thing. I had it in my head the whole time. You can leave whenever you want. Like yeah. you've you've seen you've seen a couple of the songs. You've now seen them live. If you need to leave, you can leave. And towards the end, I was getting a bit like warm and aware mm. of the air and stuff. Um, so I thought it, it ended at, at a good time for me, and I just kind of hightailed it out then. But honestly, it was was fine. It was yeah. absolutely fine. Um, That's good. What's yeah. nice is that like I I think something I was forgetting is that, and I know that this isn't um, like covid science or whatever like that covid spreads in in kind of stale air or whatever but it's like everyone's facing the same direction so you're not like it's not like if you're in a nightclub or something like that and you might be kind of face to face with people which is slightly more alarming it's like everyone's facing that way so i feel like it's all going that way do you know what i mean um (laughs) so that was just something like in my head that helped even though it has absolutely no scientific basis at all that's not science uh that you should no no but uh yeah i mean i think you're right i just think it's god so nice to be around people and just even see people you tangentially know even Mm. not people that were in bands or you know whatever just it's just really nice to see groups of pals being together yeah. and like the little wave singing. across the room yeah or like it's whatever great. it is i think it's just really nice <laughs> it's really nice and so i actually did get covid uh at caribou two weeks ago mm. um finally my first time and uh symptoms were all fine and everything and be nice today until pretty much till dead uh tuesday morning essentially um just to be sure and um yeah i was just you know i was really lucky i felt really lucky that i didn't miss anything that i really needed to do or or wanted to do um but now i feel like like i've had it now it's fine (laughs) do you know what i mean like there's that element of it is probably worth sometimes when you're now on triple boosted and whatever so you're just like okay i have it now it's gone um i should be fine i didn't I was supposed to look after my granny last weekend and I couldn't do that. Um, but that was the only major thing, um, which wasn't great. But sure, look, I mean, there's no good time to get anything like this. But uh, no. But it was great to be back at gigs again. Um, I have to say, yeah, I mean, Florence Shaw gave off a real, I mean, it's her hair as well. It's the long, straight hair. Like yeah. Wing. It's <laughs> that like 1970s, her, like, yeah, cult look. She kept like, doing things with her hands. That, mm. Like, it kind of made it look like reading the movie. As a woman with large hands, like, quite long fingers and long hands, I really liked how she was, like, kind of, it was like, it was like, it's like she was like a sloth climbing up on the <laughs> on the microphone. I'm doing it here so Niall can see, but it was she was kind of really making the most of her very large hands, and I was like, "Yeah, I like that. That's cool." Don't give her it's a like complex bit. Her large hands. I don't think she. Had, no, she's she? got la- she's got long piano fingers like me. Good. Not like large hands. But yeah, like you said hands. large hands. Sorry, <laughs> long hands. Long hands. All right. Like mine. Well, from long hands to long albums. How about that? Uh, we'll talk. That's Brilliant. what we're going to talk about. Uh, some part of what we're going to talk stunning. about this week. <laughs> so yeah. So there's two albums out last week and this week, basically arriving at the same time. That uh, have brought up a lot of questions for us in terms of well, not only the music itself. There's uh, there's two albums in particular we're talking about. They are. Big Thief, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Yes, that is the title. The fifth album from the band. And then Beach House, Once, Twice Melody, um, the eighth studio album from Beach House. And I think with these two albums, they're, first of all, the very obvious thing to say is they're both very, very, very long. And Big Thief's album is 80 minutes long, 20 tracks. And Beach House's album is 85 minutes long with 18 tracks. But I think the interesting thing about this is that... First of all, the the rollout of it was released. Um, they were both released in kind of novel ways. And uh, yeah, so will we talk a bit about how 
you know, I mean, you've, you've reviewed both of these albums for publications now. And uh, just one, re- just, just be oh, just, well, but just as a reviewer, Arena like, I mean, this Friday, I will be reviewing the, uh, you the will have, Big Thief album. yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I think the first, though, let's address just the long uh, aspect of it because, hmm. you know, I think, yeah, albums have been getting longer and maybe people haven't noticed because, or they have, because, you know, why would they, everything is on streaming services. If there's no limitations in terms of formats anymore, like going back to, classic albums you're talking about classic albums that were pressed on vinyl first and you know you say a vinyl record 33 rpm vinyl record would have 23 minutes per side max sometimes you can get 28 to 30 minutes if you compromise on some of the sound quality audio frequencies you can do that but uh, 23 minutes per side so you're talking about 46 minutes max most mm. albums in the 60s and 70s were nowhere close to that obviously it's been creeping up a lot in the last um 30 40 years but especially i think you know the formats have kind of changed that like you had cassettes first of all which were like 30 minutes 45 minutes per side you can go up to 60 per minutes per side mm. and then cds um were 74 minutes maximum i think when cds came around certainly there was a lot more albums that were being released which were maxing out that format and but then streaming came around and there was really no limitations on on an album and i think i think what i'm interested in is what a the length does to artistic intention in terms of the art Mm. um because you know last year we had donda obviously which was 108 minutes Mm. that's very long and obviously there was repeat like the almost duplicate versions uh, alternative versions of different songs um on the album you know, Drake is a repeat offender in this case. Uh, there was a Guardian piece on long albums talking about his album views. And I'm going to read that out for a sec. I said, maybe if Drake spent less time being in sort of relationships with gorgeous but emotionally dysfunctional women and more time actually listening to and curating views, then it would be a wall-to-wall banger fest. Instead, I had to listen to an entire song about a girl sending him long texts and another about how rich he is but still not quite actually happy, like every song. Hop Line Bling is the last song on the album, why would you do that? So Drake has done this repeatedly. Uh, the, his, the album that came afterwards, Scorpion, was nine minutes longer than Views at 90 minutes. And then last year's Certified Lover Boy was a curt 86 minutes. So, mm. But he is the most streamed artist in basically the world, and he has been for a number of years now. So, uh, you know, um, yeah. it seems to be working for him in terms of, if not quality, certainly quantity. And uh, according to Rolling Stone, the duration of the top five street albums on Spotify rose almost 10 minutes between 2013 and 2018 to an average of 60 minutes. So it hasn't quite maxed out. The average hasn't quite maxed out as over 60, but there is quite a lot of albums that have done that. And then there's also like the generational shift. You know, um, Deezer says that 15% of its users under the age of 25 have never listened to a full album with 42% of this age group instead often to put their favorite what, tracks what on percentage? shuffle. 15% of its users under the age of 25 never listen to a full album. Okay. that much, actually. That's not really. that many. I'd no. say f- 15% of people under 25, like, yeah. even, under even the age just 25, not being like, that into music wouldn't surprise me that yeah, much. Yeah, that's fine. Know? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, like, no shade on my sister, but she wouldn't be one to listen to albums much, you know, my mm. younger sister. So... Yeah. As far as I'm aware, anyway. I mean, she lives in Australia now, and she's cha- everything has changed for her, but I don't think so. She's always, she'd be more of a playlist gal than an album gal, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think there's, there's, there's two questions here, the artistic intention and then the format, because like, mm-hmm. you know, you think about albums like Outcasts, Speaker Box, The Love Below, two very different albums from basically both sides of the artist coin in Outcast with mm-hmm. Big Boy and Andre 3000, like basically releasing solo albums together as a package. You couldn't really do that now because of streaming. And I don't know. Okay, so I think so. The, yeah, so there's two things there. There's the format and then what it does. Format-wise, I think there's a big, big difference between a long album and a double album. Yeah. And certainly with Big Thief. Big Thief is a double album, so it's, it's two albums. Um, and I, I really do think it should be listened to that way. Um, it, it, it would be completely unsurprising for somebody to get to song 16, 17, 18 on Dragon New War Men, I Believe in You, and have flagged at that stage, you know, because there's only so much, unless you like adore a band, there's a, you know, there's, there's very few yeah. bands where, where you can listen to 20 songs in a row and not start to feel a bit like, especially new songs and not start to feel a bit like, okay, you know, get on with it. So I really do think that like, 
like double albums aren't new, you know, Bon Oblama's double double album and is generally listened to that way, or certainly when I listen to it, it um I, I tend to listen to album one or album two. I don't tend to kind of listen yeah. to it all the way through because again, it can be a bit of a slog to get through that that many um that many songs from from one artist. So I think double albums aren't new, but because of the um the kind of the streaming issue they and because people are buying fewer physical copies of an album where it is just easier to listen to it as two separate albums because you have to literally change the um the the disc or the vinyl or or whatever it is you're listening to um with streaming it's just kind of all put up there um and some sometimes it's not even separated into like si- sides or album one or album two. Now, the Beach House one is uh, the Beach House one's very interesting because, as far as you and I can tell, we were discussing this before we started uh, recording. As far as you and I can tell, anyway, this is I think the first album that is being that has been released in, in chapters, which I think is very interesting, and it is formatted that way on. Uh, on Spotify, so the yeah. final well, it chapter says disc is one, disc a... two, disc three. Sure, yeah, but there's disc four, but they're separated. Which is yet to be released yet. But on um, Dragon New War Mountain, um, it's just songs one to twenty, uh, which I think is a bit of a shame that they didn't. Uh, yeah, and it is quite daunting. I mean, the first time I listened to Dragon New War Mountain, I believe in you, which is a hard title to remember. Um, mm. I did f- definitely flag. I was like, "Is this yeah. still going?" I think yeah. even that like visual um, signifier to suggest that we're in a second uh, side or second um, disc or I think that would record be really useful. would have been good. Mm. Yeah, and you certainly, I think actually there is a, um, the Pitchfork review doesn't mention that. It says that like it would be nice if you, if you, if it was marked in that way because there is mm. a duality to these sides that make more sense when you're yeah. literally flipping and that's, it. That's an issue with streaming services. That's not an issue with artists. Like our, an an artist who wants to make a double album is going to make a double album for a physical format, you know. And I re I, I do feel like Big Thief are making music for physical formats, um, and not for streaming in the way that Drake does or Kanye does. Um, like Donda wasn't a double album, you know what I mean? Um, even though it it, it would require two two discs or whatever, um, or certainly you know four three or four sides. Um, it wasn't billed as a double album, but I think when something is billed as a double album, it should be listened to that way. And with the Beach House record, it's billed as, it's billed as four chapters. So when I was reviewing that, um, I spent like you know a week with these four different chapters. And the first time I listened all the way through, I was like, okay, that honestly that was a lot. Um, there was a lot in there, and I was you know marking down songs that stood out to me or whatever. But I had like pages and pages of notes, and I was like, how on earth am I going to get through this record? But once I broke it down into its four parts, which is how it's intended to be listened to, I found the experience of listening to it so much more rewarding and rich. Um, I think every side or or episode uh, or chapter of that album uh, works really well as its own unit and builds to a um a, a conclusion um that kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more with the next one and then the fourth the fourth uh, side episode chapter whatever <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna say side it's easier the fourth side which which is out um on friday um is it kind of concludes all of it together so I I think the formatting of that is very very interesting. Um I think it's a really good way to put out um to to, to put out a a long album or a double album because you're putting it out in sides and that's how people listen to records, like physical copies of records. So I think that's really interesting. With the Big Thief one, obviously we went into it with seven or eight songs it was seven already released seven songs 20, already released yeah. so so we're going in with 13 new songs that's still quite a lot like a 13 track album on a, on a normal day it's not a long album but it's not a it's not that kind of tight 10 or whatever but i think it was good um that the the seven songs that they released are 
pretty evenly spaced. I mean, I think there's mo- there's there's definitely more on like disc one or uh, the the first album mm-hmm. um, than the second, but it kind of helps you to kind of you you you've got like two or three songs that you don't know, and then you hear like no reason that you know um which like on 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 side c that's the one that that was released and that's right in the middle so i think that they they chose what songs to put out um maybe with the listening experience of the double album in mind which which i think yeah i think it's interesting that they didn't now separate it a bit and even on their website if you buy if you go to buy a vinyl it just lists the track list and doesn't say sides um which a little bit sides are on the record you physically have the record there. yeah I but just even the like there there you go see it starts with red moon on side c there so yeah so red, we're red, about, red moon is the first song of the second album yeah and, and interesting the uh beach house uh, uh, did actually address this in one of their interviews they said um as lovers of the album format we started thinking about the sides of the vinyl um a b c d and sculpting the flow of the record based on the sides that led to these chapters for which we tried to make clear beginnings and endings as we experimented with different sequences we decided to make each side its own chapter and then we realized we could release them in chapters to emphasize that each one is its own story the four chapters, Pink Funeral, New Romance, Masquerade, and Modern Love Stories, all named after song titles, were designed as separate windows into Legrand's lyrical themes of self-destruction, getting lost, and romance. She describes the album as having little, multiple little universes inside of it. And although they tried trimming it down, they found that some songs didn't want to be removed from the sequence, so they included them all. And so, interestingly uh, enough, the, um, the uh, One Spice Melody is the first album that is, like, solely produced by the band so I, I think that you can really see a a desire to not maybe not trim as much as they might have have in the past in order to kind yeah. of fit in with more traditional formats but again you know formatting your album thematically around four sides or two sides or, or whatever it is that's not new like people have been doing that mm. for years ever since the album or certainly the double album um started to become a thing it's just this is just more of a like a return to a more classic format or a way for that format to work on a streaming on a streaming service so i i, I mean i don't i i think long albums are new but i think double albums that are formatted in this way actually aren't and it just it does require a different kind of approach to listening to it you shouldn't listen to 20 songs in a row in an album because that's ridiculous. I tell you, the first time I discovered that was uh, listening to Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smash, mm. Smash, Smashing Pumpkins, which I actually bought on cassette. So it had four sides. Um, but oh my God, did I have a hard time uh, remembering the songs, uh, yeah. figuring out where it was. Um, it was the first album I remember that I couldn't remember the uh, song titles to ever. And I was just mm. like, I, at that time, you were like, you were pouring over albums. You were like really... It's tougher in cassette as well, though. Yeah, like, you can't be like, oh, I'll I'll just go to track four, and you have to. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to. And listen any to younger all of them. listeners out there, cassettes, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't like press track four. Um, you have to <laughs> kind of approximate where it was. You know? Yeah, like a, <laughs> it was rewind. a double cassette release. You know, mm. um, like that's a lot, and it was Do a lot to take in at the time. Yeah, um, I think. That's a good question. Might be in my parents' house. Might be in my mm. parents' house. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like like there's a couple of questions there about artistic intent and then like the actual um, expectations and confines of, of what an album is. And uh, mm. like, so Beach House also addressed this, Alex Scali from the band said, um, an album has a sound, um, so it kind of sticks in your mind that a record should be uniform to some degree. And I think in the past, we'd always be really controlled by that and we'd have some extra songs lying around and we'd go, oh, that doesn't really fit. It, re- it feels out of flow with the rest of the record. I think what has happened to us along the way is that we started to have all these really, really strong ideas, but they felt completely in conflict with some of the ide- other ideas we had. And as we indulged it, we started to realize that it developed this kind of like really engaging push and pull feeling as you kind of meander through an expansive song. And actually we wrote far more songs that are on this very long record. And I think the other thing about that is like they, because of the pandemic, they had a lot more time to work on these songs. And so mm. that was one of the reasons why they ended up with such a long record. Now... Mm. Well, just just actually to follow on from your point there about um about uh, albums having a, a kind of a uniform sound, I think it's very interesting that 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 Beach House were, were the were the artists out of the two that we're discussing today, who um kind of divided things by you know their tone or or their kind of theme, whereas actually I think Big Thief 
um, are much more experimental in trying out different sounds. Like there's there's a there's a lot of sounds on the Big Thief record. Um, like there's what's the last track on side B? Blurred View. Just like uh, I was listening to it with Harry, and he was like, "Is this like Big Thief does like Fortet or something?" You know, like it, it, there there are yeah. a few very kind of interesting departures from what we understand their sound to be on that. Whereas with, with the Beatles record with the exception of the introduction of kind of strings um, on it, which I think are fantastic and work really, really well with their sound. It's definitely a Beach House record, you know, but it's just kind of, it's it's quite uniform. Um, and that's not a criticism. I think that that works really well. So it's it's interesting to look at the two of them in that way. In terms of how I found both of them, I, I re- I've really, really enjoyed digging into both of these records actually over the past couple of weeks. I've had the Big Thief one for a while now, but I had to kind of park it while I was reviewing the Beach House one, which as you can imagine was quite time consuming. Um kind of getting getting through all of that. Um but yeah, to start with the Beach House one, I I loved love, love, love the chapter by chapter divisions. I think I think they're not as obvious as maybe the band claim them to be, but yeah. they are there. And if you kind of spend a lot of time with them, um, you'll you'll find that. I think, I think there's some of their best work with, with both of these are artists. Actually, a lot of their best work so far is on the on these records. Um, like maybe we, we could take a listen to the the title track on Once Twice Melody by Beach House, which I think is just, yeah, uh, it's the, it's also the, the opening track of the album. And I think it, it sets up the, it sets the tone. It sets the idea that this is an album about storytelling um, very, very well. So, um, yeah, with the Beach House album now, personally, I found it uh, a hard slog, to be honest. Um, and I think... How did you listen to it? What was your method going in? Did, did you listen to it all in one go? Um, I first listened to Chapter 1 and 2 probably whenever they were released, like, last year. Last year, yeah. And I wasn't quite ready for all of it. And I was like, grand, that's fine, I'll come back to it. Um, mm. But yeah, I did listen to it all in one go. But I do feel... With the with the Beach House album, I think it is useful to do that in a way because it doesn't change an awful lot, and mm. and I found that grating in a way because you know I mean I like I like Beach House. I think New Romance on this album is one of their best songs that they've done. Absolutely, but I think I find that with Beach House, the last three or four albums, there are big standouts, and then the rest of it is just kind of this lovely. Um, dreamy shoegazy kind of electronic pop yeah. yeah like I definitely even feel that with uh, like chord progressions and stuff they're less p- chord progressions sometimes they just feel like uh, movements almost instead they're, and especially mm. on this album where you've got the strings and I don't know yeah they do kind of fall back into a lot of the same um, sounds and uh, um, things that they've characteristics that they've used before in terms of rhythm and uh, synths and stuff like that it's very pretty and very nice but I definitely find this over the course of this album be very much less engaging. Mm. Um, and I yeah, think, I think not, sorry, go ahead. 
not to contrast like these two very different albums, but in terms of the artistic intention, I think you can say, okay, well, this is 18 songs that feel quite similar and have a similar vibe and operate in the same world where Mm. the Big Thief album is very much like, let's try everything. And the reason that it works so well for them is because they're such good musicians and Mm. songwriters. And you're like, we can do anything. (laughs) And you kind of feel like that. All of a sudden they aren't just like, well, we aren't actually, um, you know, uh, uh, slaves to the album format. We can just do whatever Mm. we want. And, And we know that, we have a level of uh, artistry and songwriting that is good enough that even if we try and do like, oh, like, oh, let's do something that's a bit more like Radiohead. Let's do something a bit more for Teddy. Uh, mm. Let's do a country song. You're like, it's still going to be good. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I think what, for me, what One Swine's Melody misses is just some, you know, uh, punctuation, some um, instrumental passages here and there that are a bit markedly different than what the album offers overall which is very yeah. much the starry eyed uh, beach house sound for a lot of it mm-hmm. and for me personally that's where i would sit with uh, the beach house album i think it's yeah, all very I think nice something something interesting about the beach house album that i think is not present in the big thief album i, I i'm actually really enjoying comparing these two records i think i think there's a lot of really interesting kind of lines you can draw between the two of them. Um, But something interesting about the Beach House album that I found helpful in kind of breaking up the monotony is too strong a word, but kind of break, breaking up the, the kind of the repeated. It's a defined sound. Yeah. Yeah. The, the atmosphere of it, which which very does kind of very much kind of stays in the one world. Right. But exploring different uh, areas of that world. What I found helped with that is um, Victoria Legrand's uh, vocals, because I think where I might have found Beach House a bit repetitive in the past in terms of her, like she she very much does still have that, as we heard on Once Twice Melody there, that kind of detached, almost like cyborgian, like, like a not quite human observing mm. human behavior thing, which I find really charming and really interesting. Um, she has that on this record, but there's also much softer moments on this record. There's much kind of in, in, in her vocals, certainly there's these kind of like witchy vocals sometimes on, on masquerade. There's these whispers. I think her vocals do a lot to, um, kind of propel or to cement each of the four chapters as being relatively distinct from one another. I think the third one in particular, would, which is kind of like the darkest one, um, which has like Masquerade and Sunset and Only You Know on it, um, is, is a, is an, that, that sound in her vocals comes at a good time because if you look at kind of disc two with new romance in it, which we should play in a minute actually, because it is a, just a fantastic song. Um, that, that's, that kind of has that more, um, I don't know, a kind of a softer tone, but also this like, almost like, like I was saying this, like cyborgian, detachment or something yeah uh, which is really interesting but yeah let's let's listen to um let's listen to new romance because i think this track is an absolute stunner So I, I I think like if you're if you struggle a little bit with Beach House in terms of like like you were saying earlier like 
good chord progressions or maybe like strong vocal melodies. I think this is a song that would really, um, and it's not not surprising to me that that you really love this song because you're you're kind of lo- looking for those things in, in in this album, and it's so there. Like this is an an incredibly romantic song. Like when she delivers those lines, I think it's like, um, fuck fuck it, I said, it's beginning to look like the end. It's so heart-wrenching. And the I-L-Y-S-F-M um, vocals in the in the chorus, at the end of the chorus, it's just so, it's so romantic. I think the lyrics in it are absolutely brilliant. Um, and it has a lot of heart that I think maybe you could argue is missing from some other elements of it those more kind of detached yeah. moments but I, but again i think it comes at a really really good time it comes on side two or disc two um after disc one does a really good job of like um kind of I- introducing what the sound world is getting us used to hearing these kind of sweeping strings with the beach house sound which again i think work really 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 well um yeah well, my problem with that is it it just blows the other songs out of the water so completely that I'm like, yeah. oh, right. Okay. So I was in, kind of enjoying this album, but now I'm like, I'm like, this is way better than all of the other songs on it. So much so that I'm like, right now I can, I don't really need anything else off this record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if you're talking about like editing something, I mean, certainly, I mean, it is worthwhile contrasting it in terms of the Big Teeth record because those 20 tracks have so many highlights in different ways and different facets. Mm. It's just like looking through a prism instead of like picking out one of the, the one marble from the, from the, uh, the little bag, you know, it's like, yeah. you're looking at things and you're like, Oh, that's really interesting. And then I'd love to have you done that. Like, Oh, that's a country song that actually really works and it shouldn't. Mm. And there's the, there's that boing, uh, track, you know, <laughs> like the, this boing sound. And, yes, and then but they're playing icicles on one song as a percussive instrument. And uh, <laughs> we probably should talk about Spud Infinity, actually. Um, Spud Infinity for me, um, which is the third track on the album. I I reckon that's that's my only real criticism of this album is that, <laughs> okay. that song is too long. Um, and I don't like the boings. I, I'm fine with them, <laughs> but it, like just after a few goes of listening to it, you're like, oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a I don't very know. It's kind of growing on me a lot, though. At the same time, it's over five minutes long, and I don't, it I don't really think it needs yeah. to be that long. Um, but I, every time I kind of go back and listen to it, I'm like, God, it's good though. It is good. Like. So what, what what are some of your favorite tracks from Dragon New oh World? Do you know what I've done? I've um from from side one. Oh no no just from from, oh. from the record overall. Well I've liked the ones on Spotify that like have uh chimed with me the most and there's already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of these songs that I've liked. Uh like Time Escaping uh-huh. obviously is uh that song as well, as we've discussed before, is just so unique and rhythmically different that yeah. it's just it is a different song. Um, Harry and I have been trying to figure anyway. out like what what it is they're actually yes. doing. So we, we reckon what they've tuned. They said it was they've tuned drums, and so I, we saw we watched a, a performance of Adrian Lenker doing it on guitar, and it seems that she wrote it on the guitar and then they transposed it to drums that are tuned. But I don't know. I think they're also doing like weird stuff with yeah. Like, they put like um, like muting guitar strings and stuff. It's stunning. yeah. They put a what you call it like a bus tickets or something like in the strings to mute them mm. more and then yeah. There's there's the, photos on the the inlay of the record and we were of them all kind of um uh rec- during the recording process and there's one where um I think it's Book Meek um is holding something um against the guitar strings high up on the fretboard and we were there for about 20 minutes trying to figure out what it is that he's holding like it looks a bit like a rolled up bit of paper but it also looks like maybe like a slab of like concrete from a wall or something and it's it's just stuff like that where like you listen to a song like time escaping and you can't quite figure out whether it's a polyrhythm or not. You can't quite figure out what instruments are even playing, but it's all done in this really organic way. Like I think time escaping is 
is an incredibly um incredibly impressive song that I think you only get out of a band that is this comfortable with one another that is this kind of in tune with one another musically I think that's that's the takeaway I get from Dragon New War Mountain I Believe in You is that these are musicians who still love making music together um and Adrian Lanker is very much at the center of that I mean I think all all tracks except for Certainty, were written by her, um, and Certainty was written by her and Book Me. They're, they're just such good musicians. Like that's it, isn't it? And you really feel the sense of, and you've always felt that with Big Teeth, and we've discussed it before. Is like mm-hmm. when they get in a room together, you can really feel the closeness, mm-hmm. and they're um, they're almost uh, what's the word? Uh, telepathic connection that they have uh, the musically, yeah. and it really is writ large here because they're like, let's go off in this direction, and they're like, yeah, sure, yeah. And you really feel it's like reminiscent that. Of, of two hands, which they recorded um, in a cabin. Now this this was recorded over like five or six different um, studios. Uh, w- one of which is the studio of the lead singer of Doctor Dog, who's a band I really like, hey. uh, Scott Scott McMicken. <laughs> and we, I, I didn't even know that um, until I spotted a picture of him on the inside of the. There you go. Buy buy vinyl because sometimes vinyl, you, sometimes you have well the liner notes will tell you what uh, sometimes what instruments that you're playing, what the lyrics yeah. are, and also sometimes you get it before release date, which yeah. is also really nice. I thing. mean, uh, yeah. It's uh, slight aside. I was listening to a guided by voices record. Um, can't remember which one um and i was reading the the liner notes along with it and i didn't know that like elliot smith had contributed piano to like one of the one of the songs on it until reading that and i was like wow that's amazing like i wouldn't have known that otherwise um but sorry what was i saying um what was I saying, Noel? <laughs> Don't know. We were just talking about their sense of closeness. Oh, and, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this, this this was recorded over like five different um, different studios, whereas Two Hands was recorded in one studio in a cabin. And I think they they wrote the songs and recorded them while like physically standing very, very close together. So yeah. you do get that idea that they've worked on their, as you said, kind of like telepathic musical connection with one another. And we're kind of seeing the fruits of that now. Um, some some other tracks that um, that I love from it. I love Blue Lightning, um, which is the closer of um, the second album. That's a wonderful song. There's there's a lot. I, of well, yeah, really funny. Just... I was talking to uh, Harry last night about that, and I mm. I think I had to go back and listen to that again this morning because he mentioned it, and I was like, yeah, but it's track twenty, so I haven't really listened to it much. Yeah, because originally when I was listening to the album, I was like, oh, I don't know about eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, if we really need those songs, yeah. because when you listen to them all in a, on a row and you get to that point, you're like, hmm, yeah. the slight bit but, of fatigue. But they're but they're actually tracks eight, nine, and ten of the second <laughs> album which is i think it's so important to kind of especially this album to divide it into and listen to it as two records um it works so much better by doing that i think um well, and i it's think the we way need to play one of these it. songs now yeah yeah let's do it what would you like to hear one that we haven't that wasn't released maybe oh can we play promises a pendulum because yep. i think it's adrian lenker does Suzanne by Leonard Cohen <laughs> um, and I think it works really well okay. winter, with your cold tears of glitter I've been listening to the riddle the acorn she cries been listening to the white birch and the paper she drives 
Yes, you can certainly hear that there. I would like to play um, Simulation Swarm, please. Oh, yes, please. And look, for contrast, I'm going to have to play Spud Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. But even beyond those three songs, there's so many different variations and, and sounds uh, on this record. Mm. That's why I'm, I mean, it's for me, it's a, it's a favorite of the two, but uh, certainly it's a, for as a Big Thief record, it's one that I'm really impressed because like previously they've done, you know, albums where they've created a whole, um, a mood throughout the whole thing. But this is like mm. such a bigger vision. It's, um, it's, it's, playful, it's a bit right? more playful. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it has that kind of like, let's just do whatever. Some of the lyrics yeah. do a bit like, uh, great sometimes you're like okay here's a lyric about an actual potato mm. um, on your elbows <laughs> that can't be touched there's, or, or. there's one track where she rhymes what is it she rhymes one word with itself like three times in a in a uh, in a verse I can't remember what song it is now and I can't remember what word it is but when people listen they'll, they'll spot it and apple? I was, is it apple? apple that's the one yeah yeah she rhymes apple with apple with apple um and I was like, ah, like a lesser songwriter, I'd be, I'd really be pulling her up on that. But no, it actually works. Um, and I really like actually in Spud Infinity, the the kind of roll on lyrics of like, when I say es- extraterrestrial, I mean this. And when I mean, when I say this, I mean this. And it's kind of really repetitive. Um, again, wouldn't work with, with, with a lesser songwriter, I think she has this ability to kind of push and pull um, in terms of like pushing those limits. And as well, even on, on the playfulness aspect, like, I mean, we've all heard albums from bands where they're like, yeah, we just got into the studio and jammed. And I mean, how many times has that not worked? Right. You know, like it's like, oh, we just, we wanted to try out new things and we weren't placing any limits on ourselves. We just jammed and you're like, okay, but like, but when when Big Thief do it, they are like as a band, they are an idea machine. They're a melody machine. Like I, I always think that their melodies are so strong, um, especially in in their verses. Um, they write really, really good melodies in their verses. And they just they 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 have so many ideas all the time. And you see it even with, you know, the the catalog of work that they have even as solo musicians, like Book Meek's record, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, from 2020, I think, or 2021, um, is is an ex- excellent kind of like country blues roots album uh, with brilliant guitar playing on it. Um, 
And it's really nice to hear him as a guitarist on that record, because while he obviously contributes so much um, with Adrian Lenker in Big Thief, it's interesting to hear how his style differs from hers, because Big Thief is very much built around the the guitar playing style of of Adrian Lenker. And then when you listen to Adrian Lenker's um, solo work, like she's she's so prolific as a solo artist, you know, like she just she's releasing albums and albums and albums. Do you she's, know, she's playing a gig in London. This month, I think, or sorry, yeah, in March as well. Oh, I was I'd like, love to see her. That's a week after they're playing in Dublin in the National Stadium. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay, they just like I don't know how they, they just hold all these music. ideas together. <laughs> <laughs> they just love what they do, and it's so great to see a band that is this kind of prolific in terms of their output and releasing so much music, like not that far apart. Um, like you know, two albums in a year. They've basically done two albums in a year this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if towards the end of the year they were like, oh yeah, we're releasing an album in, you know, November, December or something. They are just yeah. like, they, they refuse to take a break. And with, with other bands, you you can kind of get a bit like, okay, lads, like maybe, maybe go and take a break and have some more ideas, but you just get the impression that there's absolutely no stopping them. And I think that this album I, I I think this might be the album that I would play for someone to introduce them to Big, to Big Thief. Um, I think that's fair because it has a bit yeah. of everything that they do. Um, yeah. And um, you certainly won't hear all of these songs live if you go see them. There's mm. just too many of them. Um, that's the other thing. I know you, at least that's maybe one thing because like, you were really hoping that last time we saw them that they'd play a particular song and uh, there's no way they're going to play 20 songs off this record. So yeah. you're going in knowing that it's I think about happen. that once a week, by the way. Like, <laughs> I just think about sitting there and just like, no, Niall. No, let's stay because like, they haven't the played UFOF yet. Yeah. And they're touring to UFOF. Like. <laughs> but they, but during that gig, they played loads of songs from Two Hands, which wasn't released yet. So it'd be interesting to see them um, in, in Dublin or, or wherever you are um, on this tour to see, do they stick with this? Do they play the hits? You know, will they roll out Mary or mythological beauty um from their earlier records or will it be this record that you kind of get the most from because any of these songs live like there there isn't a bad song on this record that's that's a, that's a very important thing about it like mm, there's no there's yeah nothing i don't know on, if there there's is no skippers like i think blurred view was the only one that i had a bit of trouble with initially like obviously Spud, Spud Infinity I have my issues with, but I do in my heart love that song. Blurred View, it took me a few goes to kind of get used to that. And I don't know if it ends the first, I, I don't know if I would have chosen to end the first record with that. Um, but it's the last song on side B. That's the the kind of fortet one that we were, um, that we mentioned earlier. But after a while, it really did grow on me. Um, and yeah, there's not a bad song on it. Like it is really great. Some some well, of it sounds like Adrian Lenker's solo work. Some of it sounds like the band, but you don't really mind that, you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going back and just uh, spending more time with it. And I think that's always yeah. a good, um, especially for a long album. You're like, oh, there's lots to enjoy here. Mm. Um, and I don't feel that about the Beach House album really. Okay. I think, um, I don't. I think I, I can't I, imagine. I, I'd agree much. with you. While while I really loved the Beach House album and I loved what it was doing with its concept because it is a concept album, I think it works really well in that way. But like a lot of kind of longer concept albums, you're not always in a in in the mood to kind of step into a world in that way. Um, so you might just pick a few songs from it that you listen to over and over again, and and listen to it as a as a full piece, like every now and then. But what's so great about about the the Big Thief record is that it is not a concept album at all. Um, and I mean, we love concept albums, but it's it's just a lot easier. There's a lot more variation, as we were saying, in terms of like the sound and style and mood of the record that you can kind of get whiplash, but in a good way. Like it's, I, I think it is, it's tracked really well in terms of yeah. like the, it's pacing and stuff. For me, yeah. yeah, the Beach House album just misses, say uh, a good example is the Silverbacks album, uh, Archive Material, and the first album from Silverbacks as well. They both had mm. instrumental passages from Killian O'Kelly, the guitarist, which were very um, like con almost contemporary 
new classical pieces that really mm. punctuate the album and the sides. And uh, I really like yeah. when people do that. And there's mm. very little of that on the Beach House album, I think. And with, with uh, Silverbacks, it, it's great because they also have two singers. So that's that's another really easy way that you can kind of break up an album in that way. Um, I feel like Silverbacks would be well formed to make a double album and and have it work uh, in, the, in that way. But yeah, I think because Beach House very much have a sound um over four sides i mean if you're listening to it all, all, all in one go it, yeah it, it can be a lot um but i still think it works as as the concept that they were doing but as a as a kind of a straightforward double album maybe you know less so than than dragon new or mountain sure True, true. Okay. Um, well, that's two uh, fine albums to discuss and to pour over, certainly um, Big Thieves, um, which I still haven't quite got the hang of saying yet. Dragon New, Warm Mountain, I Believe in You, is out now. And uh, Beach House's Once Twice Melody is three quarters out by the time um, this podcast is released, but is out in full on Friday, uh, February 18th. So loads to hear there and also maybe you have not heard yet but i think a lot of you have um our podcast from last week from um, black gate in galway thank you for that for anyone who got in touch there were some really nice comments on that vibe and uh really appreciated it um i <laughs> had to put that podcast together when i had coverage which was actually fine but you know yeah can um, i just say what a herculean like I'm just fishing for a compliment was. here. <laughs> that, no, that was a, that was a big edit. Like that was that was a lot of different things. So well, it was great to do to it in per, do that. an actual thank you, but it was great to do it in person with you and everyone else uh, mm. that we met in Galway yeah. as well. So uh, look forward to doing more of those. But mm. um, in the immediate future, I think uh, next week we are going to be talking about a particular band that I that are close to my heart. Mm. They're called Steely Dan. I'm, I'm going to spend the next week. <laughs> trying to get them into my heart because I'm really not. Yes, we're doing a Steely Dan episode. We're yes. doing a Steely Dan episode. Yeah, I'm going to return the all, all to the, the playlist again. that um, uh, Craig Fitzpatrick of No Encore sent Hey, excuse me, me I have Steely one for Dan you already. Playlist. Don't mind yes, him. but you haven't sent it to me yet. Uh, <laughs> well, so he, he sent me one a while back and I was like, and I listened to it um, and I was like, yeah, this is fun, but then just kind of didn't. But but actually on on our way back from um or our way down I can't remember to um Black Gate Galway down, yeah. you you and I listened to a good bit Steel Steel Dan I was like yeah okay I can I can I can get on board this so yes over the next week you're gonna send me some choice songs to listen to that I sum am up that indeed. band I'm doing it right now and I'm I'm gonna keep a very open mind because people love steely dan and i'd like to love steely dan as well so yeah uh, i don't see any well you know like many things it's a it's a it's both personal and professional <laughs> yeah no with like sure. steely dan they're one of my dad's favorite bands and that that's where it came from but also like it's a friendship thing for me as well my friends all love steely dan and i don't know we just all bonded over steely dan which is just strange because they're not mm. and that's one of the things i want to talk about because they're not a band that you would readily bond with in your yeah. early twenties. You're like, I mean, what? I I have a friendship group, and all of us love Paul Simon. Like, yeah. it's so it's it yeah. Sometimes you, there's kind of odd um odd things that kind of link you all together. But when we all get together and put Graceland on, my God, it's at a party. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll chat about well, that next week. That's have you next any week. Other, do you have any other recommendations or anything? Uh, do you watch any movies or read any books that? Oh, you um, enjoyed? I've just been watching Euphoria, like you. I think. That's yeah, the main thing, which we may we yeah. may be discussing the music of Euphoria soon, perhaps. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I've I just been listening to Boards of Canada back catalog. Oh um, wow! Yeah, One of my favorite I know. groups. I just went back with it. Um, I think uh, Stereogram had a piece about how Geo Gaddy is twenty years old or something, wow. and uh, oh I was God. like, okay, cool. I'll listen to that. So, so yeah. Um, yeah uh, other than that. No, nothing else to report. I don't think mm. nothing, nothing special. Cool. Um, um, I watched Titan. I thought it was very good. Oh, I've been um, meaning to watch that. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know if I would say I enjoyed the experience of watching it, but I think it was excellent. Um, and the central performance is very, very good. Go in with an open mind, okay. but also it's not the like tearing up the rule book thing that you know a lot right, of uh, yeah. a, a, a lot of 
critics are kind of um, saying that it was. Um, and I have been reading books, but for the life of me, I um, don't remember what they are. Oh, I got the um, the book of um, essays. I don't Same, this the, woman's um, work. Yeah, this woman's work um, edited by Sinead Gleeson and... Yeah, I'm featuring our former our, our guest from two weeks ago, Liz Pelly, yeah. and her sister Jen. Liz Pelly's uh, essay in it is excellent. Her sister, Jen, is it? Yeah. Um, she wrote a brilliant essay on Lucinda Williams that I read aloud to Harry, who loves <laughs> Lucinda Williams, <laughs> the other night. Um, a really, really great um collection. So I'm really looking forward to getting more into that. Quite a wide range of topics as well, but really giving like women in music um a really broad kind of consideration which which i really like it's an excellent excellent book um, lovely i look forward to reading that and uh Mm. the only other thing i would i've watched recently was woodstock 99 that documentary Mm. um which is yeah a fairly eye-opening anyway uh in its i'm a couple episodes into love is blind as well Oh, right. I need to stick with it. I think this this year it's it's um, the men in it. Are- oh, I didn't even know there was a season two. Shit. Yeah, there's a season two. It's out. Um, it's worth a look. It's worth a, a, a goo. If you liked the first season, you'll like this one. But it's it is like I oh, need to be in the mood for that. Like complete grim. trash. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. Um, Harry was watching the Super Bowl, um, and I was like, actually, I just don't like football so <laughs> i watched the uh the national anthem uh being sung and then went to bed and watched love is blind and no, <laughs> of course no he did say love is blind but i just didn't cop it was a new season um mm. i did stay up and watch super bowl and i really enjoyed it because i've always really enjoyed uh american football strangely even though i yeah. took me many years to finally understand what was going on because uh, i think I'd, i i i had at, at the stage where it was like the kickoff i don't even know if you call it a kickoff in in american football but um at at that stage, I'd watched like two hours of analysis of a game that hadn't happened yet, and I was like, "Do you know what? Actually, <laughs> I just I don't. I feel like all well, that's of because this it's on so late. That's because it's on so yeah. late here. It's really hard yeah. to stay awake for it. And you're like, okay, I put yeah. on the pregame show, whatever it is, to like yeah. get amped up for it. But you're like, oh god, doesn't start till half eleven. Yeah, and, and I, I just like watched flagging. Event Horizon like right before as well, which was. Oh, brilliant no. and everyone should watch again <laughs> oh my god absolutely wow. great film um random yeah so i went from event horizon <laughs> to american football to love is blind so it was quite an evening actually but yeah, um sure. but yeah that's it for kind of other cultural stuff this week i do recommend Titan. definitely recommend um event horizon and nice. euphoria as always i did watch dune yeah. actually uh, oh yeah what do you think of the worm mm. I mean, the worm's cool, but like, I don't know. I've never seen the original. <laughs> I've not read the book, but like, yeah, worm's yeah cool, it's certainly, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly worm. like, obviously. Okay. It's the first chapter. It's the first chapter in, uh, you know, sure. talking about chapters and parts. It definitely is the first chapter of, of the Dune story. And they are doing the yeah. second one anyway. So that's it's side a something. Um, yeah. Um, side a, it's the, yeah. I, sure. I saw it in the cinema and I thought I, I definitely thought that I, I benefited from a big screen and a really oh, good sure. kind of sure. sound system and stuff. I haven't watched it at home yet. Well, but, I was um, stuck at home and I couldn't go anywhere, so I wasn't able to watch Dune mm-hmm. in the cinema. But as as yeah. I said to everybody about that film the whole time, I was just like, "Can we just get back to the worm? Like, only care about <laughs> the worm and the and the the walking, like the little worm walk you have to do to keep the worm away." I just not enough of that. Give me a spin off of the worm. I want the worm <laughs> origin story. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to be back next week talking about Steely Dan. Um, yeah. You can email us uh, if you like podcast. Uh, Nile and I'm podcast at gmail.com. No, it's not. Strongly... It's podcast at Nile and Stop giving oh, out false info. I'm so sorry. <laughs> podcast at Nile and Please, if you're, if you're a Steely Dan fan in particular, I would really love if you emailed us uh, with like your favorite tracks or favorite albums um or why you love steely dan um and we can read out a few next week if you do yeah and uh we actually had a response to our uh spotify episode from joel harkin the uh, belfast singer songwriter and his mm. response about uh, alternative streaming platforms was so amazing uh 
rich that I decided I asked him could could we like just put this up on the website because it's actually really useful <laughs> and so yeah. he, he wrote it slightly and made it longer and it's up there yeah. now so if you want to find out about alternative uh, streaming platforms um, to Spotify and we talked about user centric payment systems and all that kind of stuff in the la- on that episode with Liz mm-hmm. Pelly uh, two weeks ago um, he delves more into that so uh, worth, a, worth a watch uh, worth, a, worth a read sorry yeah. um, but very good okay that's it from us this week uh, patreon.com forward slash nine or nine if you want to ask access to the discord and geek pals group and playlists every week and uh the radio show when i get around to doing that again i'll be back um but in the meantime we'll be back next week uh and uh, yeah talk to you later thanks andrea thanks Results still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic Atabotulinum Toxin A is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.